You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 18. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. singleness. So be sure to check out episode 11 on waiting with Wendy Pope and episode 12 about intentional dating with Deb Folletta. And next week, we'll be having another episode for singles about the four aspects you need in every intimate relationship. I hope today's episode encouraged you to hear what God has done and is doing to move you toward finding a mate as Single Awareness Day, I I mean... Valentine's Day quickly approaches. Speaking of February, I don't want you to miss an opportunity for open enrollment for my course for singles from Looking to Loving. Find the breakthrough you need so you can have the relationship you want. I'm passionate about helping singles be healthy and whole for marriage, but that starts with being healthy now while you're single, getting rid of past wounds of rejection, forgiving, overcoming fears, and discovering a deeper relationship with God. I use tools from my book, Freedom Coach Model, and would love for you to find the one that God has for you this year. Registration ends January 30th, so sign up pretty soon, okay? Now, my guest today is like a soul sister about what I teach in the course. We are so like-minded on this subject and are passionate about helping you be the best you and find a mate. Today, I'm talking to the CEO of On Day 6, Wendy Mannon. On Day 6 is a Christian dating website that really cares about helping you find a mate. In fact, I know that she filters every new member herself. Now, Wendy is married to Steve and has a beautiful daughter, Jasmine. They live in Texas where they help pastor young adults at Hill Country Church. And in case you're like, whoa, easy for her to talk to singles because she's married. Hang on a second. She met her husband on the site before she was CEO. We'll talk about that story today. She's also an author. Her book, Love Unstuck, Be the Leading Lady. In this book, Wendy Mannon describes her unique journey of finding her husband through the perils of the Christian generation that kissed dating goodbye and into a time where God spoke to her about partnering with him to move toward meeting her husband. The journey included both dating and diving into her beliefs about herself, God, and men, all combined with an action plan to move towards that desire. So, do you hate dating websites? Never had any luck with them? Not sure how to wait on God, but also put yourself out there? Well, this episode is for you. All right. Well, you are going to love Wendy's wisdom today, so let's get started. Wendy, thanks so much for being on my podcast today. Jill, thank you for having me. I am so honored to be here and excited about what we're talking about. Me too. You and I have been talking about doing events together doing this podcast. We've had many conversations about relationship and singleness over the last few years. And so I think we're just, I'm really hoping that people are going to be blessed by some of the wisdom that you bring to the subject. Oh gosh, thank you. Yes, this is a passion of mine. 
um, to see uh, singles connected into lasting marriage relationships, um, if that's a desire of theirs. So I'm just happy to be here and, and want, you know, God to do as much as he can with uh, what we're giving him. Yeah. You know, when we met, just so people have a little bit of a background on you and I, we were we had a common friend who said, oh, you two should meet. And I was out in Redding, California, and you were there. And we met up for lunch, and I felt like I was meeting with a girlfriend that I hadn't seen in a long time. <laughs> yes, I definitely remember that. I remember exactly where we ate lunch and that whole conversation. And yes, it was just one of those connections where right away, you just felt like this friend that I've known forever. I feel the same way. Yeah. And I think at that time, had you just gotten married to Shane? I believe so. I'm trying to think exactly. We Yes, because if I still lived in Reading, we'd probably have been married for probably a year or maybe two years at that point. So, yes, it was probably right around, you know. I was probably still a newlywed then. Yeah. Well, you know, I know sometimes people will say, oh, why should she be able to talk on, you know, dating or what it's like to be single? They wouldn't understand because they're married. But you really do understand this subject. Yes, I have quite a journey um, in that area. I believe like for long singleness for me. um, And so I just have a lot that the Lord taught me through that journey, and I feel like He's just given me um, a vision to release just some help into that area. And so I spent many years single uh, waiting on God, and the Lord just began to teach me about partnership with Him and how to move forward in that area. And yes, so now I am married, um, but I, I still... I still um, am very involved in that arena of helping connect people. (laughs) Yes. Now, tell people, I love this story, and I only know pieces of it, so feel free to tell me stuff I don't know, but how? let everyone know how you actually met your husband. Right, right. So I met my husband. um, I met him on an online Christian dating site. It is called onday6.com. And at the time, um, my friend had uh, launched that was the founder of that and um, I had a profile that she had helped me with on the website and she actually I think I'd been on for a bit of a time and she had never told me about anyone on the site and she told me about my now husband Shane and she just said hey this guy is really great I think you should check him out and send him a wink and for those of you that are familiar with dating sites that's how you kind of say like hey i think you look cool and I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. And so I did that and his, he has a whole side of the story, which is actually kind of funny and he loves to tell it, but basically um, he had never been on an online dating site before and he signed up that night and I had a, um, you know, kind of the, the, the matchmaker on the site. And so he, uh, he was going to go to sleep and hadn't put any pictures up and, and he said he could just not, fall asleep and he just felt like he was supposed to put photos up and so he did that and he woke up the next day uh from a week from me and the funny thing is that he hadn't seen me on the site the day before when he was searching but the reason is is because I was out of his age range (laughs) (laughs) I am four years older than him and so we joke about that especially now because it doesn't even like we don't even think about it it's like so 
doesn't even matter now, but it's just funny because he's like, hey, I didn't see her, and she looks awesome. And so um, he started to he, – he sent a message to me, and then we uh, met a couple of months later after a lot of uh, communication, and then we were married actually nine months after we met. Whoa. And so it was a really cool God connection, and the interesting kind of – fact about that is now we own that dating website on basics um, and have gotten to be a part of a lot more testimonies of marriage that have come through um, the dating site and it's been really amazing it's funny how god does those things never would have imagined but i would meet my husband on a dating site nor would i have ever imagined in a million years that i would now own and run a dating site so <laughs> but you, <laughs> you just never know what your journey is going to lead to right and you own just so people are clear you own and you're the ceo of on day six which is the website that you met your husband on correct that is correct so fun i love that <laughs> So yes, it's a fun story. So you believe in the process, but you also believe in um, in what the work that you're doing is bigger than. And dating sites are so popular, and I know so many organizations and companies are doing it to rake in money. But I know you from your heart that this is really um, a kingdom message for you to help singles be healthy and to help them figure out relationships and do them well. So this is kind of like a ministry for you too. Oh, definitely. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So that is a passion of mine. And, you know, I am, I've done a lot in that arena. You know, I started out kind of blogging before I on the site. Now I have a book on it and it's all been in response to just the Lord speaking to my heart that like, Hey, you know, I know you have this awesome story and I've done so much for you. And he just told me, you know, I don't, I want you to remember that place and to release just the breakthrough. And so that's why I'm doing, you know, what I'm doing Mm -hmm. in this arena and continuing to keep that as the vision, you know, as we move forward with Andre 6 and everything that's happening with that. Yeah. Well, you said that God showed you to release the breakthrough. Um, so mm-hmm. we just do that even over the air right now for those that are listening yes. that want to be married. I, we've talked about this. I believe God has a plan and a destiny. And he's, if he's given you that desire, um, then, you know, there's, it can be so complicated. We can make it so churchy. Oh, are you putting it above right? God or whatever? But let's just break it down. If you have a desire to be married, I believe God wants to partner with you in your desires. And he's a good yes. daddy and he has marriage for us. You know, we've talked about this too. Adam was perfectly whole with God before Eve came along. There was nothing wrong with him. He didn't have sin yes. in his life. There was not, And he still, God still said, it's not good for man to be alone. Yes, definitely. I love that. Like, I love that whole piece of your know, desire. And I, I I believe God gives us desires that are from his heart, and marriage is one of them. And, and you know, the cool thing about the word desire is it means of the Father. The day is of, and sire is the Father. And I just mm. believe that with my whole, far, my whole heart, that if you do desire marriage— that God wants to fulfill that desire of your heart. And so that's one of the main things that I, I do focus on is that um, he's working with you for that desire. 
Yeah. And so I love that. Yes. And I think that breakthrough. For sure. Yeah, we released that breakthrough. Um, I receive it. <laughs> what am I talking about for other people? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, I love friends like you who are praying for me because my husband's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes, he is. Gaining interest. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I, I recently read on a comment uh, somewhere with the, the website I run with Single Matters. Um, that someone said, yeah, but everybody who has a desire doesn't get married. So how can you say that's God's desire? How would you reply to that person? Right. You know, not everything that happens in the world today is God's will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not everything that happens is good. And, you know, I even believe that some of the delay that is on marriage is actually not God. (laughs) I agree. And that could challenge thinking, but, you know, we live in a world that there's a lot going on that is not of God, um, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to live in the desires of your heart. His Word says that He does. And so we live in this tension with God of, you know, His Word says that it's to be like heaven on earth, like that's what we're supposed to release. You know, and so that means that things are good and things in heaven are perfect, but they actually aren't here on the earth. And so I would say that that's a tension that we always hold with mm-hmm. God is that he he desires for us to live in the desires of our hearts. Um, and sometimes those things don't happen because not because he doesn't want them to, but because things don't always work out the way that they should, you know. In this in this life, um, now that doesn't. I will never stop going after the miraculous, or you know, just the, that. Actually, if you desire marriage, I believe God wants to give you that, and let's partner with Him and mm-hmm. see Him bring that about. I I have yet to. Um, there's been a lot of people that I walked through that with, and I've yet to see God disappoint. Um, and sometimes it takes longer than we would hope, but. Right. He, he he comes through. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. And that's the tension that we hold, though. Right. Because there is something to his sovereignty. But um, and I've heard so many different things and we'll skip a lot of them because I'm sure even people listening are saying, what about God's will and sovereignty and, you know, predestination and all those sorts of things. But I think um, April, our common friend, she wrote an article for Single Matters that just made sense to me. So here's how. Um, the way she said it was so good. And it's said, if you want to be a doctor, you don't wait for God to make you a doctor. You actually go to school and you do all the things necessary to get there. So, but in becoming a doctor, you don't, and you shouldn't put that above your faith in God. God still needs to take first place and priority in your life. And so I think that is, it was a great way to explain it. Like we can still have this desire, fully desire to be married and it's good. We just need to make sure God is first because he will want to, he will always do what's necessary to protect us, which is um, if he has to rearrange some things in our life to make him first, great. But I'll tell you what, I have a girlfriend who got married and she said she was really whining to God. She was. She goes. I was not in a good place. I was not holy. In some ways, her future potential marriage was an idol, and she said. And I still met an amazing man of God, 
And so I think we have to be careful not to be like, I am, I've done everything right. I go to church. I'm in small group. I pray. I put God first. Now he should give me a husband, like, or for a man, give me my wife. Because then that's really making God our genie. And that's not what it's about. Well, and, you know, this is a personal belief of mine. A a spouse is not a reward. Mm -hmm. A spouse is a choice. And you choose that person for every day for the rest of your life, for however long you stay married to them, which is hopefully the rest of your life. And so, you know, I have pretty strong beliefs on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that, you know, you choose wisely and then you love well. And it's, you know, that whole thing of um, partnering with God, you know, that's true of every area of our life. But I believe that in some ways, this area of marriage and singleness and waiting, it's the one area that we've kind of taken a backseat and said, well, God's just going to do it if he wants me to. Right. And I just challenge you to look at any other area of your life where that actually is true. And, you know, that that illustration of becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that people are called to many things in their life. God has incredible things for each person. You know, the Bible talks about that as well. But that doesn't mean that everyone is going to walk those things out because we make choices every day. And those choices determine what we, what we you know, the things mm-hmm. that we walk out in God. And so um, God is such a God of partnership. And I believe that that's so empowering as well. Like, we're not just sitting ducks here on earth, like, well, whatever you just decide to do for me or against me or whatever, which I don't think he does anything against us. He's Mm -hmm. always for us. But we're not just sitting ducks, even in this area of marriage. I believe it's a partnership. As you begin to take steps and move towards that desire, um, God can come and bring that momentum uh, alongside Mm -hmm. of you. You know, he, a good, uh, a good illustration is you. It's hard to you can't steer a parked car, right? Right. <laughs> so we need to be moving and moving in the direction. Um, and if that's marriage, then moving in a direction that would head head you towards that, um, and then just begin to um, allow God's momentum to to take you places in that area. So, Wendy, you know, you talk about partnering with God, and I 100% agree with you. I think everything we do in life, we need to partner with him, starting from, I have this desire, God, I give it to you. Is that from you? Um, and then how do I, how do you partner with God? So how do you suggest people partner with God while looking for a mate? Right. Great question. So I believe most things that we um, have in life, there's... We have deep-seated beliefs about things. And so, um, you know, we become a Christian by believing mm-hmm. <laughs> in Jesus, and that's where it all starts. And so I think when you're taking a look at partnering with God, you have to take a look at your beliefs about marriage, about um, God's ability in your life, and, and, and begin to build up um, hope in that area, begin to... You know, I, I do a lot with, you know, declaring things over your life, things like, you know, it's easy for me to meet the man of my man of my dreams or the, the woman of my dreams, if you're a man, um, to fall in love and to get married. You know, God is a big God. I like to say it's easy for God to hook you up. And I'm hmm. saying hook up in a godly, biblical way because right. I think, you know, 
he is so good, and he wants to hook his kids up. Yeah. He wants to get them hooked up in marriage and for their desires to be fulfilled. And so you have to start there with the beliefs. And any time you have a bad belief or hopelessness, which bad beliefs usually lead to either hopelessness, despair, something like that, it means that there's something about God's character that we're not seeing in the correct way because he's a God of hope, of life, of joy, of peace, all of these wonderful things. And so as you begin to start this journey of, like, hey, Lord, I want to partner with you, you have to start with that. You have to start with your beliefs. Mm, and so I go into great detail in that in my book, Love Unstuck. Um, and then I go into more of, you know, giving God something to work with as you partner with him. It's that analogy that I used before of you can't steer a parked car. Like, how do we move forward? And and a couple areas that I think are really important and, and ones that have been given a big rap, or bad rap, really, sometimes in the Christian world is, I like to call it authentic invitation and pursuit. Hmm. And there's this whole thing um, in the dating world, especially in the Christian world, like, well, why aren't the guys pursuing? And, you know, well, you know, why aren't they doing what they're supposed to be doing? And, and my challenge, and this is a journey that I had to go on, is, you know, in in my extended singleness, what had happened was I actually didn't know how to invite love into my life because I had shut down kind of a piece of me that thought, well, that's wrong. Like, and it could be called flirtation, whatever you want to call it. I, I call it authentic invitation because mm-hmm. when you are you know, a mature person looking to have um, a great relationship in your life, you're inviting it there. And it goes from both the men and the women. And I would just like to say that if you don't know how to invite that, be authentically inviting or flirt, I'm going to use that word, then it's going to be real hard for you to get married. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have to know how to do that. (laughs) Okay. So I have to interject my own personal story in this subject. Yes. So when I first, I got saved and I'd already dated and had lots of broken relationships by that time when I got saved. And I remember asking God, I was like, I don't know how to flirt because I had so associated it with before Christ. And it was always, it was more, at least I associated it with like physical touch. I'll just use that terminology. And, and so I didn't know how to flirt. And so I found for years after getting saved, like nobody asked me out and (laughs) and I did not understand. And I had people going, you're great. You're this, you're that. And I hated to say to them, no one's asking me out, but I was still working through my identity at that time. So I'm like, well, is it because I gained weight? Is it? Be- I kept trying to find some reason why. And I think it's what right. you just said. I didn't know how to flirt anymore in a way that right. I thought would, because I think twofold, I, I didn't want to dishonor God. And so part of it came from such a pure heart and me getting out of the world's way of doing things. But secondly, I do think it had to do with the church. And just saying, hey, women, wait for the man to, you know, he pursues you. You just wait. And I've heard men say, but you've got to let us know you're interested. Yes. So yes. so explain it. I, you know, 100%. Yeah, put your thoughts to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things that was a big a challenge that I overcome when, what overcame when I was single was understanding that it wasn't wrong to actually invite that. And not only was it not wrong— you know, it it was actually like it's a it's an attribute that we should use 
even when you get married, you still need to use it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's a good thing. It's a it's a great thing. It's a fun um, ex- experience to be able to invite that type of love into your life and to have a man pursue in a way that he understands that he has a chance. As my husband puts it, he said, you know, 99.99999% of men will not pursue a woman unless they believe that they have a chance. Hmm. And the only way that they're going to know if they have a chance is if you, as a woman, invites the man to pursue. And one of the, the, the huge pieces in all of this is understanding that perceived rejection you are going to live through. Hmm. Uh, you are valuable. This is where all the beliefs come in of, of your, where your value, where is it set in? Mm. Is it set in whether a guy likes you or not, or is it set in who God says you are as his daughter and, and fully loved, just an amazing creation with so many um, beautiful attributes. And this goes for men too. I know we're, we're speaking as two women is kind of flowing like that, but right. I, um, my husband and I have done kind of like coaching, dating coaching for both men and women. And this um, is a huge area of just your worth and understanding that love is, is a, you're taking a risk to fall in love. And so what you have to decide is, is it worth the risk? And so you will go through the ups and downs as you're dating and not every relationship will work out, but you will learn from the relationships. You will learn from the dating experiences. And as you walk them out in maturity and, even sometimes we can be immature, but we can still learn. And um, and God will allow you to take steps in that. And so that's a huge piece of partnering is, is understanding the importance of that and not being afraid to take a risk. That's good. Um, in that area. Well, you know, I've... I totally agree in taking the risk. And and the guys will say, oh, we're taking all the risk. Um, But girls take a risk, too. And what I've seen, especially in church community, when, you know, maybe you all walk in the same circle of friends, what will happen is a girl will want to, you know, give the signs. And then he says, oh, I just wanted to be friends. I sorry you misread my, you know, whatever. And then it's awkward, and now the guy's avoiding the girl. And that is just like high school. It's unnecessary, I think. And I would just want to encourage men and women uh, of a conversation I had with a guy friend where I could kind of tell he was starting to like me, and I pulled him aside and talked to him about it and said, I'm not there. Um, So two things are going to happen. I'm going to say this to you, and you're going to say, Jill, I'm not interested, and then I'll feel like an idiot, but that's okay. I can own that, and I can get over it. Or I'm going to say this and you're going to say, yeah, you're right. I was feeling attracted to you and wanted to ask you out. um, And you're going to get rejected by me. Either way, one of us is going to feel like an idiot. So how about we just say, no matter how this conversation ends, we're still going to be friends afterwards. And I'm not going to tell anyone we had this conversation. So none of our friends are like, oh, this happened. (laughs) You know, like, just move on and be brothers and sisters in Christ. But we both have to take the risk. Right. Yes, definitely. And I think there's that whole, um, that whole place where it can cause awkwardness. And I think that, I mean, I think that that's still worth the risk. That's my opinion. And then walking it out and still in friendship. 
you know, and I think that's all part of just, you know, having a place of maturity to talk through those things. And then also, like, I believe it, you know, it's great for the communities and uh, people that are involved in churches and different things to help with that, you know, and to kind of take so much pressure also off of um, someone being interested in someone else that, you know, the pressure can be kind of intense if you want to even kind of see if there's anything there. Yeah. You know, you don't have to know that you're going to get married um, if you want to go on a date. Oh, my goodness. I highly suggest you don't go in thinking that. (laughs) Yes. But there is that pressure, too. I've uh, one of my sweet friends said, I don't know if I want to go on a date with him, meeting the first date because I'm not sure he's my husband. And I was like, oh, my gosh, seriously, you can't just decide you're not going to go on a you won't know that maybe after a one date or several dates like that's the whole point of getting to know each other um exactly but i do think the church puts pressure on it too yeah there's a lot of pressure you know one of the things that um i talked about in my book it's called uh, love i'm stuck and i go through like the stages of a romantic relationship and this helped me so much as i was dating because I was the one who literally would not go on a date with someone unless I thought I was going to marry him. That's how I was like in this oh, realm hey. of things. Sorry about that. And so, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really bad idea because it ended up being like just really hard situations. And, and a couple of the people I did date. And so we both went in like that. And then, you know, when you break up in a situation like that, there's some major things you have to recover from because you're mm-hmm. like, well, God, we thought this. Mm. You know, and that's when the Lord just began to say, hey, let's like take the pressure off and realize that we're making a, you know, a huge choice, but we don't need to know right away if this is, you know, going to last forever before we go on a date with someone. Because honestly, that's so much pressure for a relationship that has absolutely no legs to stand on. It has absolutely no foundation. Right. If you go on one date with someone, the relationship, many I've seen many a relationship crumble with that much pressure on it from the beginning because it doesn't have any foundation of building connection and intimacy and just fun too that's mm-hmm. supposed to be there. And so it's it's better to even if you do feel like you know, I would suggest not mentioning that until you get a little further in the relationship because <laughs> yeah. it can just cause a lot of wreak a lot of havoc on relationships that's unneeded, I believe. Absolutely. That's a good word. You know, in in talking about all this, you know, partnering with God um, and and, and talking about all this partnering with God and then going into, like, how do we even start that partnership? You know, it really does start with yourself and the expectations you have going into a first date and navigating all the stuff with churches and friends and all of that. but you have something called a man plan to success. So I guess we can call it a woman plan, too, for the guys. But <laughs> Oh, definitely. <laughs> explain works both ways. Yeah. Explain to the audience a little bit about what your man plan or woman plan is. Yes. So, you know, it's basically just, you know, the Bible on Habakkuk 2 talks about just writing the vision down, making it plain. So I have people um well it's actually in my book i have the man plan it could be the woman plan but it's a it's a thing where you write some things down where you set some goals um and i have the outline for it but things like um and this is the whole partnership piece it starts with the beliefs and kind of 
um, making sure that you are healthy and, and able to invite love into your life, whether you're the man or the woman, and you're not shut off in those ways. But you know, I tell people to, you know, hey, give God something to work with. Like visit one place a week. If we have like this kind of weekly plan, visit one place of the week um, that you could potentially meet someone. So that could, you know, be some kind of group that you're involved in with church or you know, you could find something going on in, in your area or maybe there is already something that you're involved in. So there's a potential to, and it could be out of the ordinary too, some kind of event, you know, that you would come into contact with somebody that you could potentially um, invite into their life to get to, into your life to get to know them better. Um, I, I tell people to get on a couple different dating sites, including on day six, on day six is a little more niche site, you know, it was, um, launched out of Bethel church, but now we have, you know, we're in tons of streams. One of the things that sets it apart is the ability to kind of put your, the stream or the you know, church that, that, that you most resonate with in your, in your walk. Um, and you can put that on your profile and search by that. And so that helps people because some people, you know, there's certain things that are really important to them in their Christian faith. And so I tell people to get, you know, on Monday 6 and then maybe one other site and um, give God something to work with, you know. That's good. Again, put yourself a little bit out there um, so that you actually have some opportunities to meet someone and, you know, unless Many people are just kind of sitting around. Maybe they're in a small church, you know, and they're like, "I'm glad I've never met. I've not met anyone. There's no one here. What am I going to do?" It's like there's opportunities now. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is, the people used to marry people. You know, the Bible's a whole other story, but <laughs> you know, people, you know, even in the last, you know, hundred years, just married people that lived around them. You know, and right. it's, it's just the world is so big now with the internet and. Um, there's so many ways to connect. And so I think it's just like, let's be relevant to the times as well. Cause I know God is, right. and he's using that to connect people all the time. And so just give him something to work with. It doesn't mean that that's going to be the way you meet somebody, but I believe that it helps get the momentum going. It helps. One of the things I've seen it do for people is also bring a level of hope that there is there are people out there. There are great men and women out there that aren't necessarily in, like in a radius that you might come into contact with. And so helps to build that hope and even to develop skills of communication with the opposite sex. I mean, these things are, you know, I don't think they're things that we think about, but they're actually very important pieces. And so that's part mm-hmm. of the man plan. Practice authentic invitation or as a guy practice, pursuing a woman of interest like i'm just we have to start somewhere yeah (laughs) and so you know um i tell people if you're gonna be online you have to you have to be online like you have to give it a little time you know send out three winks or three emails a week you know not everyone has your story right (laughs) not everyone has your shane's story where he's on one day and he meets his wife (laughs) he was but I was online dating for a, co- a few years. So his yeah. story was one night and <laughs> mine was of one year. But he has a very different path for me, too. So his was very different. Like, he kind of had a crazy path. But um, so, yeah. yes, 
he was on one night, I was on for years. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the difference with, with us. Um, and then, you know, I'm big on, you know, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we're declaring things over ourselves. Like we're partnering with God. You know, one of the ones that I've said already in this podcast that I would say daily, multiple times a day was like, it's easy for me to meet the man of my dreams, fall in love and get married. Because my biggest area of hopelessness was I wasn't going to connect with anyone that was really what I wanted and around my age. That was mm. that was my biggest area of hopelessness. So I had to basically put a target on that piece, um, that bad thinking in my life that said, well, there's not really anyone around and I don't think I'm going to meet anybody because, you know, I just don't see yeah. it. I had to target that place of hopelessness. And so those are just, a, a, you know... That's a couple good. things. Make sure you tell your friends you're open to being set up. <laughs> yes. That's another one that I always tell people. But yeah, those are just ways to partner. Just give God something to work with. Like start putting a few things out there and just see what begins to happen. It's very interesting, like what you mentioned too, when you start to realize that you can authentically invite, you know, even a date into your life. And people start to go, whoa, I started to change. It's even what I was putting out there is like, an invitation and here I am getting invited on dates, but now I'm in a relationship in different things like that. And so yeah. it just starts with little steps. That's just like good. everything else in life. Well, I love what you said about, um, you know, putting yourself out there intentionally even once a week. Um, There's so many people who are self-employed and work from home nowadays. I think that that's made a shift in our society. And so, you know, you can still interact with someone of the opposite sex. Like you said, practice communication skills. If you like tennis, join a tennis thing. If you go to the gym, like learn how to look at someone and say hi and ask how they're doing. (laughs) And because you can get very in your church bubble and think, I don't want to even talk to a guy that I might be attracted to or a woman that I might be attracted to if they're not a strong believer. And honestly, you know, you may not you may go to church and meet someone that isn't a strong believer. So I think there are so many people out there that the more you put yourself out there, the more you're practicing really good communication, the more chances you'll have for someone to, you know, that you would meet someone uh, that you wouldn't have met any other way. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. Those are some really good tips. Um, So, you know, some of the other things that um, we've talked about um, on our own, I think might be in your book. Say a little bit about what you think are the pros and cons of mutual attraction. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on instant attraction. So I think... There needs to be attraction, obviously. There needs to be chemistry when you meet someone. That that place that you're like, hmm, I'd like to, to see. Mm-hmm. Let me just put one little disclaimer out there about first dates, okay? Because I can't tell you how many times I did experience this, and then I also hear about it. A first date that maybe wasn't as amazing as you would have hoped it would be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me tell you one thing about first dates. If people are attracted to each other, sometimes they're nervous, right? Right. The tendency that I've seen, especially on the guy side, is they tend to talk the whole time. (laughs) And then the woman's like, well, he didn't ask me anything about myself. So I usually say if there's still any sort of kind of like chemistry, even if there was some awkward moments, I would still give it a second date. That's just my opinion. Um, I think 
you know, there's a lot of nerves involved. You know, keep dates real fun and simple. Don't overcomplicate it. And then one thing about attraction that I think needs to be understood is that, yes, there's there's just this natural thing that happens, this natural chemistry, this natural attraction. But I also believe that um, attraction uh, can be cultivated and can grow. And, And one of the things that you know, usually people are like, oh, I just was attracted. Like we could talk about the same things and they were so in depth about this stuff. Well, that's because they, they have some interesting parts of them. <laughs> right. And so, you know, develop the interesting parts of you, like what sets you apart, what's different about you. And then learn how to ask big questions, questions that connect with people emotionally. So, you know, the first date might be, you know, more surfacey, but as you begin to, a grow a relationship, you know, you still need to build attraction and chemistry. And I believe that that can be done um, with emotionally connecting questions. You know that even in marriage that you have to do that because, you know, you spend years with somebody <laughs> and you, you have to still cultivate attraction and chemistry. That's okay. Good. And so I think, I think we need to begin to, Stop romanticizing so much those initial like connections. Like if you don't know, like right away, and there's not. I think that chemistry and attraction and intimacy grows, and that's what it was meant to do. You know, I I think I. I think I said this on a different podcast with somebody else, but it's it's worth uh, repeating in the midst of this conversation. So I had a girlfriend who um, there was a man that she was connected with through common friends and he had been praying about her and really liked her. And she said, I'm just not attracted to him. And I told her, just go, just enjoy his company, brother in Christ, have fun. And she did. And and they went out a couple times and she kept saying, I'm just not attracted to him. And, um, but she really enjoyed his company and he was, they had great conversation and he was, you know, all these other wonderful characteristics, but she didn't want to use him. So she got to the point where she was like, I don't want to use him. I think he likes me more than I like him. And, um, but where they're at now is now they are talking about getting married because she said it definitely (laughs) came. She's like, oh my goodness, the attraction (laughs) happened. (laughs) And she's like, now we just don't, we can't be alone. And I think that's so cute because they're not young. They're, you know, they're older singles. They're in their forties and over. And so, um, it's been really neat to um, watch that happen and play out because we're not young kids anymore. You know, when you get to that age and well, even my age, you're not um, you don't have all those hormones that are going like we were when we were young, which is how we thought <laughs> we liked somebody. So then when you get right. older and you don't have all those hormones running through your body, it really comes down to, like you said, you choose. You have to choose well. Um, but when you get to know the heart of a person and you connect emotionally, then that attraction happens, that care and that, that love for them. Um, and I think it's a way of God protecting us too, because if there's so much chemistry attraction in the beginning, before you really know the heart of a person, you're more likely to get connected physically. And then those hormones that are released when you have intimacies too soon, keep you together rather than the substance and the foundation of who that person is and who you are as a couple. Right, right. No, that's so good. Very true. So what do you think, um, you know, once people get past this uh, 
you know, mutual attraction thing and they find themselves attracted to each other. And then, you know, we hear people talk about soulmate. Like, I met my soulmate. I think sometimes that's hormones. But what, um, <laughs> I'm totally not being cynical. I don't mean to be. I'm looking for my soulmate as well, um, for whatever that means. I don't use that word personally, but um, I don't mean to make fun of people who do. Um, so tell me what, in your professional opinion, Wendy, <laughs> what is um, what does that mean in the reality of who God is and how he offers choice? And explain that to us. Right, right. Yeah, so I think that that's another way that, you know, people have gotten into some sticky situations with that whole notion of soulmates. Now, the Bible doesn't go into um, any sort of detail, nor does it clarify any of that. But you also have to understand, like, when we're talking about biblical times, they didn't marry for love. Um, It was very rare that that happened. You know, there's a, there's one or two stories in the Bible where it was love, but they actually, um, they still had to basically follow the cultural norms, like um, marrying the older daughter first. And right. most of the time, the marriages were arranged in the Bible. And so um, also the one that I think is so funny because it, it, it's Ruth and Boaz. And, and what she did was she actually laid at his all night and you just imagine doing that this day and age she's a you know she's a widow and here she is just going and sleeping at his feet i'm just thinking you know i'm not sure where we got this whole thing of soulmates because it's really there's no example of it in the bible yeah (laughs) and so it's an interesting um correlation um and so i think when we look at this we need to ask a different question we need to say, you know, what are we looking for and who are we going to choose every day for the rest of our lives? And that's why I believe it's so important to make that choice. And And God wants you to be empowered in your marriage. And unfortunately, I've known too many people that got married because they felt like God told them they should get married, yet didn't work out some of the foundational things and unfortunately are no longer married. Mm. And so... You know, I've been, you know, firsthand um, audience to that, unfortunately, in some close relationships. And so I really had to work that out with God. And I was like, but they just knew and, you know, it was this whirlwind and they just got married and now here they are divorced, you know. And -hmm. and so the Lord just began to speak to me of, hey, like, I want you to be empowered in, in the greater way that you're invested in this, in understanding who this person is and choosing them the more invested you're going to be in your marriage. And and unfortunately, some people, you know, they want to say, well, God told me, and then it didn't work out. Well, I don't know. I don't know if God told you. I can't tell you that. What I can say is let's be good about making a good choice in the midst of options because there are options out there. And then let's learn how to love well and continue loving throughout our married life. And this whole thing of soulmates Although it could be part of the equation, you know, the Bible talks about two whole people when they legally bind themselves in marriage and they come before God and say, I'm going to be with this person for the rest of the life. The Bible says it's a mystery that then they, two whole people, I don't believe singles are missing anything as singles. They're fully whole. There's nothing lacking, lacking. but then the Bible says it's a mystery when you get married because then you become one. Right. And so when you choose them for marriage, I do believe they become your soulmate. Um, but do I believe that then if 
someone die first that you can't get remarried? No, I don't. I believe that you can get remarried, you know, even in cases of infidelity. I believe God can bless a second marriage. You know, he's 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 good. And, you know, the idea of soul, the idea of soulmate um, when you said after you get married, that's your soulmate. If you think of what the soul is with our mind, will and our emotions, when you get married and your life intertwines with someone, your your thoughts, your emotions and your wills all come together. And so you have now mated all those things. Doesn't that make sense that right. after you're married, yes. you're now intertwined in those areas. And it is very painful when there's a separation because you've got to make certain decisions um, where you've made decisions together. You've had emotions that are mixed up and now you've got to own your, you know, your own life and move on. Um, and so that can really wreck someone's soul and bring injury to that area. And you and I both love this inner healing stuff. So, um, right. <laughs> um, so I could go on talking about that, but that makes sense. You know, after you're married, that is your soulmate because you have intertwined yeah. all those areas of your soul together. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery. It is. We don't get <laughs> I love it. God in that way. No, we yeah. don't. We can't understand it. <laughs> and I think he means it to be the most beautiful thing because it's a reflection of the covenant we have with him and that he is so intimately involved in our soul. He really cares about right. our emotions and our thoughts and our choices and wants to be a partner with us in those ways. And And he lets us experience that on earth where you've got that person who is always for you, always cheering you on, um, is backing you up. You know, that kind of relationship, a marriage should reflect the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. Um, I think that's why the Bible so often talks about us being the bride of Christ and husbands love your wives as Jesus loves the church. And and so I think all of that, if we just laid it all out, God is just saying, hey, here's what it can be. Like marriage should be and can be amazing. And I've seen friends right. like you who have these beautiful marriages um, so to all the singles out there that are saying, yeah, well, it should be, but I didn't have that. And I just would say, I'm so sorry. You know, Wendy and I are so yeah. sorry that hasn't been your experience. Um, but God yes. is still for you. And he has, yeah. um, he has everything we need to heal from what wasn't, yes, that didn't work and didn't reflect him. But that doesn't mean that he's not good and he's not for you and that he doesn't have someone like that for you. So right. hopefully that just feel like that should be speaking to somebody or we're speaking to someone in this area because they're like you said, hopelessness being your thing that you had to speak to. Um, and, and I think when you maybe some people wouldn't understand that, but to declare, you know, to speak something over um, your life in an area where the enemy is telling you it's hopeless, you'll never be married, you, no one's ever going to choose you. Um, when you hear that, that is so the enemy and that what you said to speak over it is to speak God's truth in the very area you were getting attacked and say, I, I am made for marriage. I am going to be married. And it silences right. the enemy because he's so mad that we're not entertaining his thoughts, but we're entertaining God's promises. Yes, so good. So good. He is good. Um, so <laughs> if you had one piece of advice to someone that's super bummed out about not being married, what would it be? Yes. So I would say get around somebody that has hope in this area and let them speak truth over you. And get encouraged. 
grab on to hope. Ask the Lord. Sometimes God is always speaking to us, but sometimes we can't hear him mm-hmm. between the clouds that are it could be disappointment or hopelessness or just that place of, you know, you're so discouraged or, like you said, they're just bummed out about not being married, just sad. Like, we need to get to that place again of hope, you know, and you know that hope is attractive. (laughs) (laughs) It's an attractive trait. And so just know that you're also attracting a person of hope. That's good. You know, that's just the the beginning piece to kind of get your head up out of it. Um, And I go into a lot of detail about beliefs in, in the book um, and have a lot of declarations there because I just believe that sometimes we have these strongholds in our thinking of just lies that are ho- holding us really. And yeah. we keep going around that same mountain and, and going back into that place of despair and God wants to break those, those strongholds of hopelessness and release hope into those so that we can really move forward into what he has. And so that would just be that mm-hmm. one piece of advice is get around someone who can speak life over you. That's good. And hope. And, you know, sometimes we attract what we are and what's going on inside yeah. of us. And then we wonder why that relationship didn't work out. Um, and so I would encourage people to to really seek their own healing, um, whether it's counseling or you know, inner healing sessions or coaching or something to, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm not finding the right people being attracted to me. Why is that? And um, that's one thing in in my online course that I do from um, from looking to loving to find the breakthrough you need so you can have the relationship you want, which um, registration is open now. Um, but to help people get that inner healing so that we're attracting the right person and we're keeping away the wrong person. Um, but when you're feeling so bummed out, I agree with you. I have found it helpful to not hang out with my friends who are also wallowing in their misery in that area, but go to my <laughs> friends who are like, I believe God has this promise for you. I am praying for you. Let's pray together. Let's partner with God together on that and and to lift our spirits right. up, not in false hope, but in truly and not like sympathy or, you know, just all the things we want yes. to hear. You know, don't patronize yes. me. Just really help give me hope. And the, I think the one thing that really has happened to a lot of singles, um, I think it happens in other areas of desires and needs as well, not just marriage. But people will say, oh, God has a plan. He'll bring it when you're least looking for it. All those silly things that don't actually make you feel right. any better. <laughs> right. I think sometimes you just need someone to say, I am so sorry you're not married. And I am going to pray with right. you. And um, yep. So, yeah, good advice. That's so good. And I I love what you said about, you know, getting the help that you need. And with your coaching, you know, you weren't doing coaching when I was going through this, but I actually got coaching mm. um, when I was single because I was like, I'm stuck and I don't know why I am. And yeah. so I got coaching from a trusted friend that was really good in this area of moving people from singleness to marriage. And so I love what you're saying with that. And I know that you do offer that. And that was something that I did. And there's nothing, in fact, I think there's everything right with that. (laughs) And I think there's sometimes a stigma on getting help. But I mean, why do we go for conferences, for ministry or things about God or things about our work? work? It's to learn things. It's to move forward. It's it's to, to get unstuck, basically. 
um, in an area and to move forward. And so, you know, I love um, that you're providing the opportunity and something that I, I did as a single person because yeah. I wanted to move forward with a priority in my life and I wanted to get married. So that's good. Yes, I love that. I love it too. As a coach, I love it. I know you've coached people as well. And it's so fun mm-hmm. to coach someone. It is. And then watch them like live free and be who God made them to be and then attract their spouse. And you're like, yay, I'm like the biggest cheerleader. Because there's nothing yes. we can do as coaches but help ask questions that help them identify what is this thing? Because I think some people expect there to be an answer and only God and the person who's looking for the breakthrough can come up with the answer. Um, I just right. worked with a, I worked with a guy um, recently who um, has had several bad relationships and failed marriages. And uh, he came to me saying, I, I want to find out why in the world does this keep happening to me? And uh, we started working through some things and discovered some areas of beliefs, like you said, their thoughts that turn into such a belief that he didn't know that he was believing certain things about himself um, or about women. And a lot of it was rooted in his childhood. And they were not big mommy daddy issues. They were subtle. And um, in the in that process, you know, he was starting to date another woman and was able to identify, oh, my gosh, I've attracted the same kind of person. And so we worked right. through, okay, how can you communicate with her? Because not, and here's the thing I want to, you know, caution people about is not every person who you see or meet or date, once you identify their brokenness, means you break up. It just means we're all right. in process. And so he was right. able to identify, okay, I've attracted this again. I'm going to, and he challenged her in a very kind way about a thought she had. And she got to choose whether to come back and work through that with him or not. And he knew that by choosing health himself, she would either join him in that or not. And so the relationship unfortunately ended, but fortunately it didn't get to the point where he had been in other relationships where they were both injured. And, um, and he's so grateful now. And, um, and so now he doesn't need coaching anymore. And so, but I always am like, what's going on with you? Like, keep in touch. Let me know what happens. I want to hear, you know, where they come on the other side. But sometimes, like you said, we need someone else to help us identify things that we can't see ourselves because we're, we live with ourselves. (laughs) We can't see it. Yes. (laughs) It's very true. Yeah. We have blind spots and we need help. Absolutely. So, well, this has been such a fun conversation with you. I, it really has been. <laughs> I love talking love all things dating, dating websites, all that kind of good stuff. Um, now, before I let you go, I always ask this question to all of my guests at the end. And how is God teaching you to love well? Yes, that that's so good. So I'm in a different season than, you know, that the season I've been talking about, my previous season, but I'm married and I have a, a one-year-old beautiful daughter. His name is Jasmine. And, you know, the, I'm learning right now to love through um, more demands on my schedule than I've ever had. Mm. Um, and that translates into pressure and stress sometimes. You know, my husband and I are pastoral staff at a church that we're at, you know, at the website, I have a daughter, family, we've got, you know, and some other things that pull on my time. And so my, the Lord is teaching me right now um, to love in the midst of pressure 
um, and just to learn to rest in him and then that, you know, I love mm. that Danny spoke, keep your love on, like keeping my love on in the midst of greater demands on my time and um, who I am than I've ever had before. And so sometimes I'm really great at that and other times I'm celebrating progress <laughs> <laughs> and not perfection and learning and saying I'm sorry and so that's where the Lord's really growing me in um, the ability to love and just greater demands on my life. So it's a beautiful thing. It's, you know, you begin to live in the dreams that you had, like my husband yeah. and my child and even, you know, the things with on day six and these different things. But those all those things create um, greater demands on and you as a person. And so I'm learning to live in love through those those things that um, are more demanding. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with that. Good. Well, I bless you with all that you're doing and walking into all your dreams because, yeah. yes, getting what you want um, requires a new level of learning how to keep yeah. your love on. <laughs> um, yes. Good. Definitely. Thank you. Well, for all the listeners out there, I will leave all the links to everything we've talked about in today's podcast in the show notes, everything from her book, um, it, which is called, remind me, there's a tagline that I love um, in your book. Tell me it's love unstuck. Oh, here it is. Be uh -huh. the leading lady. So Correct. Um, <laughs> so I'll leave a link to her book, to the uh, website for On Day 6, and some social media things there so people can find you. Wendy, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I just love you, girl. Thank you, Jill. I am so love what you're doing, and it was an honor to be a part of it. You're making a huge impact, and so thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Jill Monaco Show. You can find more from Wendy when you go to jillmonaco.com slash episode 18. Just click on the show notes to find all the links we mentioned today. I've been doing a series on singleness, so be sure to check out episode number 16 on waiting with Wendy Pope and number 17 about intentional dating with Deb Folletta. And next week, we'll have another great episode for singles about the four aspects you need in every intimate relationship. Just click on the show notes to find all the links mentioned today. And I look forward to knowing all of you that are joining me in my online coaching program for singles from Looking to Loving. Be sure to register soon because it ends on January 30th. Visit fromlookingtoloving.com for more information. And so you don't miss an episode of The Jill Monaco Show. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for at Jill Monaco. If you were inspired, encouraged, or challenged, please share this podcast with your friends or on social media. Tag me at Jill Monaco so I can continue the conversation with you over there. Well, thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well. You were made for it.